Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Noontime Prayer. Glory to God. Do I have some? I got chapstick on me. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, welcome to Noontime Prayer. That was free entertainment for you that's just joining in. Glory to God. Um, thank you. I was out of my chapstick. Like it, I hit the bottom. I hadn't gotten uh, to the store to get any. So I'm like having to dig and put it out there. Got a clump. Amen. Look, I'm human. Glory to God. Praise God. You can grow too. If I can grow, you can grow. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that, that gives us hope, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, so we started, this is day what, 31 of the fast? Wow. So we just have a little bit over a week left. Just think, not this Sunday, but next Sunday we could eat if you're, eat like normal. Glory to God. But you know what? There's probably some of us that should uh, change our eating habits anyway and uh, let the Holy Spirit talk to you about that. I know I've you know, made kind of a, a vow. Okay, I'm eating different after this. So glory to God. And uh, we just welcome you. If you haven't been fasting, you can jump right in with us. Uh, receive some of the, the benefits that we plowed up. We're your family. We're moving in this together. Fast with us. Uh, pray with us for sure. And uh, what we have, we're praying. Why are we doing this? Well, ultimately, uh, we do have a purpose behind the fast. But the bigger reason is because we want to we stay in close proximity with God. We want to stay with Him. And God's given us some tools to stay in His presence. One of those things is prayer and fasting. Uh, the Word shows us that we're supposed to follow uh, the example that Christ had. Paul said, this, follow me as I follow Christ, right? So in other words, our example should be Jesus. We should look like him, act like him, talk like him, uh, move like him, believe like him, right? Fast and pray like him as well. This was common to him. Uh, you know, I was reading some this morning and it was a regular thing that Jesus went off and he got together with the father. What was he doing? He was sitting there. He was praying. Many times he, he would fast. You know, you would see him fasting. The, he started out his ministry by doing that, by fasting. So anyway, he said this kind doesn't come out, but by prayer and fasting. In other words, he was showing you, look, there's some thing in that. Fasting breaks the bonds of the world and lets us step into and stay in the presence of God. So that's ultimately what we're doing is just in a general sense, we're giving ourselves as disciples a body and a life disciplined after Jesus. And that's part of why we're praying and fasting is because we want to come into his presence. Now, the other thing is generally I've found that when I pray and fast, a lot of times It'll sometimes it'll be general, but sometimes he'll say, I want you to hone in on something during this. Right. Last year, he said, I want you to hone in on praying for breakthrough for the members and the partners of Boomerang Church. And he said specifically hone in on finances that uh, that uh, debt would go bye-bye and abundance would come. And out of that, we started that series, Bye-Bye Debt and Hello Abundance. At the end of it, he said, out, come out of this fast and pray uh, that debt would be supernaturally erased, right? In the members of the lives of our partners and members, right, we saw over $917,000 of debt erased last year in 11 months' time. 
Glory to God. And we saw the increase in their salaries rise over 120,000, right? So we saw exactly what God told us to do. And we're still seeing that. That's still going on. Well, this year, uh, he started having us move in a healing series at the beginning of the year. But he said, look, I want this year to be kick-started off right. I want you to kick-start this year and set it on the right path. Rev it up in the things of God, in other words. And let's make sure that this year it's got all the power and the glory of God flowing in it that we need. And that's what we're fasting over. So we even have uh, next week, Kickstart 2018. It's a conference. Basically, we're coming together. We're going to get into the word. We're going to see the things of God. The things of God are going to be imparted into people so that they can kickstart their own year. And they can have a different year in 2018, a year where God will just bless them and move in the abundance and greatness that God has. So that's what we're doing. And uh, in the process, in this noonday prayer, we've been diligent, and there have been people that have been watching us online, to be diligent to go after the Lord in prayer while we're fasting. And so he's given us some topics to pray over. We started with thanksgiving and praise. Then we talked about what fasting does, how to fast, consecration, the holy and the profane. And then we went into quite a long period of time in hunger and humility. And I'm telling you what, if you didn't hear those, you need to go back and listen to all of that. Yeah, all of it has been good. And you guys, a lot of you have been here every day and I just praise God for that. That's awesome. Thank y'all for joining us as well. Uh, today at ending this up, we're going to do things a little bit different starting today. Um, We'll kind of turn a corner to start wrapping this up. But we really want next week to impart into people's lives exactly what God wants imparted in their life, okay? So we're praying for that. They might not even be praying for that themselves, right? What are we doing? We're doing, we're humbling ourselves to serve like we talked about yesterday. Let us, well, hey, we'll, we'll not eat some food. We'll pray for you even though we don't even know you yet. This is the love of Christ. You're going to come in next week and you're going to feel the blessing of God because we have been praying for you. You know why? Because somebody was praying for you when you didn't know it. Somebody was praying for me when I didn't know it. Glory to God because I needed it. I needed it. I remember one time a guy, I've told this story multiple times. I would come through. Now I'm an adult. I'm going after the Lord. But in between like about 14 to about 25, I was struggling with some stuff. And the world was trying to wrap its grip around me. And this guy, about the time I came out of that, within a year or two of coming out of that, uh, this guy came up to me and said, uh, and, and somebody introduced me. They said, Brian, here's such and such. And uh, I want you to know that he's been praying for you for years. Man, I started to tear up. I said, come here. I, thank you. I needed those prayers. I needed those prayers. That's what we're doing. Because somebody needs our prayers, whether we know them or not, and we're lifting them up. We, somebody is relying on that, and they don't even know they're relying on it. But I'll tell you who does know that they're, they're relying on you to become a part of his ministry and his church is Jesus. He's relying on us to pick up and bear the burden of one another. That's why we're here. Amen. So uh, today you can go ahead and turn to Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Father, right now, Lord, today we're going to look at your part and our part. We're going to see what you need to do and what you have done 
and what we need to do and what we're going to do. And so, Lord, as we step into that, we just ask for your blessings on it to see. And, Lord, let us pray and receive the things that you want us to receive, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how it's going to shift here is it's kind of a shift today. There's going to be, we're, we're coming to the end of this prayer and fasting period for now. But what we're going to do is we're going to start moving into a place, and we might do this today, we might not, but we're going to start moving into a place today, tomorrow, and definitely next week where we're going to wait on the Lord in our prayer. We're just going to go after him. All, our only focus is this, Lord, we're waiting on you, right? That probably will really start next week. We're just waiting on you, Lord. We're, we're waiting on you. We're, we are going to be still and know. If ever there was a time that you joined us for prayer and fasting, that's when it needs to be for sure. All of this has been important. Don't skip out just because there's not necessarily a topic. He'll probably give us something, but I don't know what there. He hadn't revealed it yet to me. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear from him and him only. Amen. So we'll probably talk about this today and tomorrow. But let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. So one of the things, when Jesus went on the cross... And then right before he gave up his spirit and passed on the cross, he made this statement. It is finished, right? It is finished, right? It is finished. It is finished, right? In other words, everything that needed to be accomplished is being accomplished right now. And this thing is done, right? Everything that God needed to get to us was given to us in Jesus Christ. When you talk about his part, it's really simple. God has done so much, but it's not what he's doing as much as it is. He's already done it because in Jesus, he's already done it. He's given us the victory. He's given us the battle. Everything we have is wrapped up. Let me give you a good example of this. Let me, uh, for example, when you go to turn on the light switch at home and you've paid the power bill, because if you hadn't paid the power bill, this won't be true. But let's say you paid the power bill, you've got correct wiring, you go to you know, most people's houses, you flip on the light switch, boom, the lights come on, right? Now, did you see a manifestation of that electricity and power and supply before you flip the switch? No, but was that electricity, power, and supply at the ready, right? That's what God's done in our life. Everything that we ever will need is already supplied through Jesus Christ. Everything that we ever will need is at the ready. God's part is done. The only thing that we need is to flip the switch, right? From a legal side, we talked about this a couple of times, you have a legal side and a vital side. You have a legal side that makes it so, but then you have a vital side where the rubber meets the road in our lives, where we have a responsibility to line up with the things of God and see those things manifested. For example, you are righteous, is that correct? Yes, you're righteous. But the word shows us that you can increase the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, just because you're righteous doesn't mean that you'll have the full harvest. 
All right. But when we understand these things in the word and we start moving into them, we will learn how to receive the full harvest for every good work. This is in 2 Corinthians 9. Okay. And then uh, the other thing is this. Are you or are you not, according to the word, seated in heavenly places? Are you or are you not in Christ? As a believer, yes, you are. These are truths, right? These bring freedom. If you are seated in heavenly places and you are in Christ, then why does bad stuff happen to you? Because if you were in Christ, wouldn't just the power of Christ hold everything at bay? The reason why that stuff happens is because there's a legal side and then there's a vital side, a, a, a part where the life is lived out here in this life. There's vitality in our faith. Here's the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the way it is. This is the way it will always be. You're not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. God pronounced it. Faith is going to be required for the legal side to manifest in this world and take you to the victory and the overcoming. You've got to apply faith. If you're going to have the things of God, faith is going to come into play, right? This is the vital side. It's a part, it's a, a step in the vital side. So here's the thing. Most people are sitting back waiting on, oh God, if you would please just rebuke the devil. But remember, he says, you get what we were talking about, get humble and then you will resist the devil and he will flee. Right. But and most people are waiting on God to resist the devil. Right. They've 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 ditched responsibility of their faith. And because of that, even though it's at the ready, they never flip the switch and release his power. Right. So there's a vital side. So God's part is done. Now, he in Christ, he's still helping us today. In other words, it's like, is he going to talk to me if I need talking to? Yeah, he, he's going to. That's a part of what was done through Christ. It gave me access uh, to him. So the Holy Spirit can now come be the teacher, be the helper. But it was all given in Christ. Every supply that you need, it's out there. It's done. It is finished. His part is done. All the power, all the miracles, all the supernatural, all the provision, it's done. It's done. It's done. All right. Now let's look at 2 Peter. Verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. And first thing, look, you remember humility we're talking about? What the, what's the first way that Peter describes himself? A servant. He could have said, I am the great Peter. I walked on water. The one who walked on water. I'm the one that Jesus took on the Mount of Transfiguration and I saw him there. I'm the one. But that's not what he did. How did he introduce himself? I'm a servant. I have bound myself to servanthood in Jesus Christ. He also says he's an apostle to give you, to let you know, look, I, I spent time with him. I was there. So listen to what I'm about to say. But the first thing out of his mouth is, I'm a bondservant. This is the power that, that shadows 
This is the humility that releases glory, that, that releases the power of God, that shadows heal, the overflow of the glory. It's that humility. It's that humility. Remember, humility is not all weak. Humility is, remember, how many, humility is being humble to the word. That's humility. That's true humility. Humility sometimes can look weak, but it can also sometimes look strong. Isn't it by humility that we're supposed to believe God for boldness and confidence? Didn't, wasn't Jesus the most humble? And yet he taught with authority, right? That was humility. So humility is not what the world's taught you. Humility is humility to the word. He said, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So who's he talking to? He's talking to believers. He's talking to Christians, right? He says this. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord. Now leave that scripture up there for just a second. And I want you to look at this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in knowledge. So what he's saying is that grace and peace will multiply in your life as you grow in knowledge of God and knowledge of Jesus, our Lord. If you just sit still, grace and peace is not going to be multiplied to you. You see the key right there in that first verse. It looks like he's just blessing them, but he just gave you a major life key right there. Grace and peace be multiplied, where? In the knowledge. So he says this, he says, I wrote this down in my Bible. It says, revelation in the knowledge of God and Jesus breeds grace and peace in my life. Multiplied grace and peace in my life. So how important is it for us? To grab a hold of some of this, get in the word, ask the Holy Spirit to open up revelation, knowledge of God and Jesus. How important is that? Think about this. How hard would it be for you to believe that God was a healer if you truly didn't have revelation that he was good? If you didn't know he was good, then, man, you'd question healing all the time. Do you realize that's actually what holds a lot of people back from healing? It's because they really, they, they know in their mind, they kind of like, is God good? Yes, check. But they don't have it in their heart. It's not revelation knowledge. It's just mental knowledge, not heart knowledge of it. Right? They haven't, they haven't grown in that. They haven't received that in their heart. So he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. Now watch this. What is God's part? It's, it's done. He's given us everything, right? He's finished with that. Anything even that may come in the future, he's already given through Christ. All right, so look at this verse. Seeing... All right, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord... 
And he's going to give you direction about that knowledge right now. Like, here's where, what I'm talking about. Seeing, all right, look. In other words, behold something here. Behold something. That his divine power has granted, behold this knowledge I'm about to say. That his divine power has granted to us everything. Has granted. Done. Has granted. He's already given permission for it to be released and it has been released. What has been released? Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you will ever need, God's already said, I've released it to you. I've granted it to you. Hey, hey, uh, you know, can you see Michael, the angel Michael, you know, hey, or Gabriel. Hey, uh, Lord, you want to give them uh, some healing? Yeah, I've already done that. It's already checked the files. It's already there. And if you'll go look in the file cabinet in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, you know, 2 Peter 1.3, you will find that it's already been checked off. I've given Miss Mary healing. If you'll go check the file cabinet, I've given Miss Nancy, right, provision in that situation. I've already granted it. It's already checked off. Signed by the blood of Christ. Amen. Oh, you got, you got his approval already. See, we can go home right now. That was good. That was good enough. That will change everything, right? Yep. Amen. If you're saying, yeah, we're done, that's good, then you need Jesus. Amen. <laughs> so he says, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. His part's done. His part's done. It's done. He's already granted us everything. How many people don't know this? Lots. 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 Now, doesn't this change how we're going to look at the rest of the year? Doesn't that change? Oh, no, no. There's no question as to whether or not I have what I need from God. I have what I need. And then you go into the scripture that says, and all of his promises are yes and amen, are yes and so be it. In other words, God's saying yes manifest in their lives. Manifest. Yes, so be it. Just like he said, light be. He's saying promise be in your life already. That's his promise. He's already declared it. It's already written in here. It's already in the heavenly file cabinet on your account. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness... Through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. So how does this, how does this life and everything pertain to life and godliness, how is it released? Through the knowledge of him. Again, we see the knowledge of him in verse 2 and then we see it right here again. He's given us everything through the true knowledge of him. We've got to gain revelation knowledge. We must gain revelation knowledge in order to walk 
in what's been released. Power's at the ready. It's at the wall switch. The supply is there. The provision is there waiting to be released. The release is our knowledge and our faith, right? But here's the thing. A lot of people, here's what they do. They try to get a book knowledge. They, they don't understand spiritual things. I found myself in this predicament so many times in the past, and I seek now to never fall into it again. But they try to get so many things in book knowledge, but this is not just book knowledge. Matter of fact, today I was reading about uh, some of the parables that Jesus preached, and, and there were a whole bunch of people there that heard him, but there are only a few there that heard him in their heart. Many heard them with their ears and they had facts running through their head. But a few of them, in, when they opened up their heart to receive the word in faith, they received revelation knowledge in their heart and heard him with their heart. Right. There's a difference between the two. One takes root and one just passes from one ear and out the other. Right. And, and the Lord says, granted to you. Now, to a believer, these things have been granted. So all you got to do is ask for this and God will start giving it to you. But then if you ask for it, faith without works is dead. In other words, don't say, oh, Lord, please download the whole Bible to me. And then you never open it again. That is not faith. And you are not going to get it that way for the most part. There might be some special moments where God gifts you with something, but that is not the process nor the way of God and his ways are holy. But here's the other thing too. A lot of people, they go at the Bible from an intellectual standpoint. They're trying to logic it all out and have everything in place and it all fits their brain. God does not fit inside your brain. He's bigger than your brain. You're never going to get it like that. The only thing inside of you that is big enough to contain that knowledge is the spirit man. The spirit man is recreated to contain God, to house the Holy Spirit, right? And, and this knowledge that we're talking about is spiritual discernment. The word says these things are not mentally discerned, they're spiritually discerned. In other words, I can only, I can catch them in my spirit. And that's the only way I can, I can know things, listen to this, this is, and this is completely normal. I can know things in my spirit that's hard for me to put English words to. I can know it's right. I can know it's true. And, and it's like, well, tell me about that. I don't know how to tell you about that. I'd have to have the Holy Spirit give me the words to explain it. Because you can catch the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus in your spirit. And my reason for saying that is not to confuse you, but to say this, that so many people are just going off head knowledge. They're trying to file everything in its logical place. You are not going to get a hold of God like that because he's bigger than your mental grip. God is bigger than your mental grip. You can't grab a hold of him like that. It's got to be by the heart and by faith. But Jesus says right here through Peter, through the Holy Ghost, he says right here that if you will start to allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation and knowledge of God, all of a sudden, all the things pertaining to life and godliness, they've already been granted on your behalf and you can have them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Are you grabbing it? 
Can you, can you feel that? Can you sense that? Man, that's a message all by itself. Whew. Let's just pause for a second. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that revelation. Holy Spirit, you were all over, all over that. You were all over that. Now, I'm going to recommend right here, I'm going to recommend right here that you take that from the time I started reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, and you go back and listen to that and listen to that because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was speaking through me in that moment. And if as you meditate on that, I'm just teaching you how to grab a hold of things when God pours it out. As you meditate on it and you listen to it again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. It's a continuous action. As you put that in, I'm just giving you the word. I'm just taking those words and I'm breaking them down. And as you hear that, faith will start to rise up in you for revelation, knowledge, spiritual discernment, and everything pertaining to life and godliness. That means wisdom, you got everything pertaining to wisdom already. It's there for you. It's at the wall. We just got to flip the switch by gaining knowledge and applying faith, right? Being obedient to him. It's already there. You got wisdom, provision, healing, restoration, deliverance, protection, and salvation. Every part of salvation, you have it right now. He's already granted it to you in the heavenly file. He's, he signed it with the blood of Jesus and it is yours. Amen. And if you'll go back, that, those last five minutes, I'm telling it might have been ten minutes, you'll go back to those, you will start, it'll, it'll start to crack open revelation. I'm telling you right now, I, I believe I'm speaking by the Lord. Right now, if you'll pay attention to that last five or ten minutes, you'll walk in revelation that other people don't. Because in that was the power to open up revelation, which means there was the power to open up provision in your life, whatever it is you need. Amen. There's stuff in that, that kind of stuff. That's where if people will honor the Lord and stuff like that, and they'll be obedient to go back and do that. All of a sudden they can step into higher things. That's why the Lord wanted us to pause so that you would grab that and hear what I just said. Thank you, Father. Sapre <laughs> Jemetu <laughs> 
Jesus. Man, he's moving in here today. Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. Samo lo pipine. Samo lo pipine de. Bapa kotipe su toda. Koma tabakarabasa. Mbe jene de 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 kutodoma. Lo pati de bosa bete bete bete. Somebody's watching this that you can just feel the power of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Send us a note. Let us know how God's touching you. What he's revealing to you. Yeah, glory to God. Now, while, while I was praying in the spirit, uh, was anybody hearing that in English or in a known language? Anybody that's here in particular? You were seeing something? Tell me about it. Um, just, like, oh, just okay. go ahead. And let me just, while she's getting ready to do that, let me explain something to you. So in tongues and interpretation, um, many times when you, when you study it out, there's two different types of tongues. You have a personal prayer language and then you have the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues can come on. Uh, in, a, in a service, mostly, you can also be with people but um, are in front of people. It can come on you, I would say, even you know, by yourself as well. But then you have the personal prayer language. I can engage in the personal prayer language at any point, but the gift of tongues uh, generally is in front of people, and it needs an interpretation, right? It needs an interpretation. So what you just saw was the gift of tongues, but the word says this, that the interpretation, the word never says that an interpretation has to be announced. It actually shows in 1 Corinthians that interpretation can be preaching or teaching. In other words, you could, I don't have to say, now here's the interpretation, and then I could go to the Bible and start teaching you something, and what I'm teaching you is the interpretation of the tongues, right? At the same time, it can be a number of different things. It can be a vision. It can be, that can be the giving of the vision can be an interpretation of that thing. It can also be a word in tongues, which is the way most people think. They, most people think, this is the interpretation for God says, and that's how it does. That is not, that is not biblical uh, that that's the only way. That's the main way that a lot of people see it, but a lot of people see it that main way because that's the only way that they've believed is possible. You don't need to uh, declare this is the interpretation. It never says that, but you need to have the interpretation, but the interpretation can come many ways. It could be 30 minutes from now and I give the word, or it could be that somebody from Africa was watching our broadcast and said, let me tell you what you just said in this language, right? And, uh, and so the interpretation can come later, right? But generally, the Lord doesn't want people confused. So I just wanted to give a little bit of teaching on that right there. So go ahead. Um, so what I kept seeing, Callie, just come here a second. Come right here. 
um, as you were speaking that was, was like God, how he says that we have the spirit of sonship. And it was like, just trust me. Yeah. And he, it was, just trust me. I love you. I have this. And it was just this, this fatherly, I've got this. You don't have yeah. to worry about it. And it, it like flooded joy and peace in my Amen. heart. And I don't even know that it was for me. Yeah. But it was like, I have this. Don't, don't worry about it. I've got this. I, I know where you are. Amen. It, Amen. So now here's the interpretation. Now this is what I want you to do. Okay, go sit down. All right. I want you, you can close your eyes if you want to, but you look to the camera and y'all receive just like she's looking at you and you speak to them the way that he was speaking and you let it go as long as he leads you. I have it at right where you are, no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what fear is coming against you, no matter if you can't see where that next step is, I have it, I have it. Just trust in me, just trust in me. Don't worry about what your circumstances are. Don't worry about what the waves and the storms looks like. Just trust in me, I have you. I know right where you are. I love you with such a love. It's that daddy's love that we just cry out, Abba, Father, that's the love I have for you. You don't even understand understand the depths of my love, but I have you and just trust in me. Just trust in me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So that right there was the interpretation of those tongues, right? Now, it's not a translation. So a lot of people say, well, you prayed in tongues for five minutes. I don't know how long it was, but you prayed in fun uh, tongues for five minutes. She only spoke for a minute. That doesn't even add up. But see, that's the logic side. It's not a translation. It's an interpretation. He might have said that 10 times in my tongues. He might have said the same thing over and over and over. You might have been seeing that. He might have said the same thing. It's an interpretation of the whole, not just a simple translation, the way that our brain would think about this goes back to what we were saying. These things are spiritually discerned. So does that help people? I, I hope that helps. And, Tongues is not a scary thing. It's a very powerful thing. I guarantee you there were people that were moved by hearing what you said just then. I was. It touched me. Like it gave me a peace and a joy like you said. Amen. Glory to God. Now, see that right there? That was me. That was my personal prayer language. What am I doing? I'm asking here for wisdom and strength for what I'm about to deliver the rest of it. Amen. So that wasn't one that was the gift of tongues. And I don't have to tell you which one I'm doing. There's, that does, that's not in there. People put it in there to make it fit in their mind, but that's not in there, right? All right. So let's look at verse 4. So the first thing he says is, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, like I said, go back to this because the Holy Spirit was all over this a few minutes ago where I started talking in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 until I got to the end of that through verse 3. Watch it, listen to it again and again and what will happen is you'll start to get heavenly knowledge and that heavenly knowledge will start to unleash all the power that's sitting there at the switch waiting on you. 
God's part's already done. Our part is to get in this word study to show. See, right there as we studied and you were here to study with me, to study and show ourselves approved, that's our part. That was our part where he took us up to another place of knowledge and that showed us how to flip the switch that where God's power is sitting there on the wall waiting to turn the lights on in your life. Amen? All right, so go back and watch that and listen to it. It's huge. That's one of the strongest things I've ever gotten that last you know, when we started today. All right. Uh, four, for by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. All right. So now what by these, what by what? If you look back in verse three, it says he has called us by his own glory and excellence by his own glory. And in context, by his own excellence. So he says, by my glory, and my excellence, I've called you. And then he says, by these, his glory, by his glory and by his excellence, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. It came out of his own glory. His promises came out of his own glory. Yeah. Now see, how can a loving, kind-natured God grant to you something I'm going to put the sickness on you just to teach you something. Sickness not in his glory and his excellence. It's not possible. It's not possible for that to come out like that. It says, for by these precious and magnificent promises, so that by them, because the promises come out of him, come out of his glory, out of his excellence, out of his character and nature. He says, so that by them, these promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. In other words, what he's saying is, all right, he's saying, uh, come here, Callie again. All right. So let's say that right now she's standing in the world and uh, here's God over here. The table, all right? And then all of a sudden, or, or I'll just say, come here, Patty, real quick. We'll, we'll have you be the Lord. So let's say, all right, here's God, and here's the person in the world in the corruption, right? He's saying, out of my own glory and my own excellence. So how pure is it? Man, it's good stuff. He says, I've given you promises, and I've sent those promises and if out of that you will grab a hold of those promises and not let go, then it will take you out of this world and it will, now this mom and daughter so they can get close, and it will make you a divine partner with his nature. In other words, she starts to take on the character and nature of God a, a literal partner, you are latched with him through the knowledge and the promises that you act on. Whoo, glory. All right. That you have become partakers of the divine nature and have escaped the corruption that is in the world. You've escaped it. 
You, you found the way of escape as you gave yourself to God. And you gave yourself to not just have knowledge of it from a logical sense, but from a spiritual discernment. Verse 5. Now, for this reason also, applying diligence in your faith. All right, now, and then he's going to tell us some stuff to do. And he says, for this reason also. So see, now we're really looking at our part. So first thing is, we need to understand that God's part's done. He's already checked it off and granted us everything that we need, right? The power's waiting at the wall like a light switch. Our job now is to flip the switch. And he's not only that, but he's made us, and this is the key, he's given us everything, and he's made us a, a, a partaker, a partner with his nature, with his, because now you, what he's saying is, because you have his promises and because you have his nature. You've got God's nature. You've got God's nature. You've got God's nature. You've got God's nature. Because you have God's nature, right? You have it. You have God's nature. Because of this, for this very reason also, Applying all diligence in your faith. So the first thing we should do is we should apply diligence in our faith. Not faith that's on again, off again, but faith that keeps on going. I mean faith that just keeps on going. It doesn't let up. It's like, you know, what we would say the bulldog, you know, the bulldog that just won't let go. Uh-uh, I ain't let go. Mm-mm, right? Like we need, to, we need to grab a hold and not let go. He says, all right, so in all diligence, applying all diligence in everything and in your faith, supply moral excellence. So believe God that you will move with morals. Believe him. Use faith. You realize that all of us have tripped up after we've been born again? But we all have everything granted to us in every promise. We don't have to trip up. We can say, Lord, I, I feel like tripping up right now, but, but help me, <laughs> right? And by faith, I believe I'm not going to trip up in Jesus' name. I'm going to be diligent. Yeah. Use faith to not trip up. Yeah, good. So, but then operate in moral excellence. That's a cut above. It's not sitting, you know, where the world is. Uh, I, I look this up. The moral excellence means a virtuous, virtuous course of thought, feeling, and action. In other words, if the thoughts, feelings, and actions aren't godly, then that's not moral excellence. What are we supposed to do with every thought? Take it captive, right? He says, and then he says, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. So in other words, we need to apply now as we walk out these godly thoughts, feelings and actions, right? Be diligent to gain that knowledge. It, it reminds us again. When we have purpose, it opens up our knowledge, right? When we see godly purpose, so a lot of people, they're just trying to get to the end of life so they can go to heaven. That's not purpose. 
Purpose is, I posted a verse today. It was Jesus' words, red letters. He said, those that are not for me are against me. And he said, goes on to say, and those that don't gather with me, scatter. What's he saying? If you're, I'm gathering. If you're not about gathering and building the kingdom, you're scattering. And, and according to what he just said, you're not with me. If you're not actively winning people to the Lord and growing, you're not with Jesus. There's no purpose there. See, but when we have purpose, all of a sudden I say, hey, I know why I'm growing in this. I know why I'm growing in these promises. I need to be able to flip the switch in my life. Because if I can learn how to flip on the power of God in my life, I, I can help gather with Jesus. That'll help. Because the pattern throughout the word is that the signs of God will be there. People will believe based off of what they see. And then in their belief, they'll receive life. It's a way that I gather is I learn how to flip the switch. So, so we need knowledge. He says, and in your knowledge, remember all of these is be diligent, self-control, self-control. Be able to tell your flesh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do what God says. Amen. I'm going to do what God says. And in your self-control, perseverance. Being able to stand there and do the right thing for long periods of time, no matter what anybody does or says about you, you're able to do the right things. This is what I'm supposed to do no matter what. Amen? Amen. He says, and in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. So these are things we're supposed to be diligent about because God, you have the nature of God. You have the character of God. You have these things because God's granted them to you. They're at your disposal if you're born again. Now, whether or not you've walked in them, that's all up to you. God's part is done. Everything you need from him is already paid for through Christ, even if it's in the future. But our part is where we say, Lord, I recognize my part and I take ownership and responsibility and do those things. For if these qualities are yours, if you're doing these things, if this is like fruit of your life, right? If this is fruit and they're increasing... Notice that in order to kind of have them, they need to be increasing. They render you neither useless or unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if these qualities are yours, you'll be useful and you'll, you will bear fruit. You will be useful and you will bear fruit. Didn't he, you know, the verse that we talked about in Matthew the other day is, a good tree bears good fruit. In other words, if we're not doing these things, we will be useless. We will be unfruitful. How many people's not actively making this a part of what they're doing? A lot in the church. This is supposed to be active. But he says, hey, if you'll do these things, you will not be useless. You will not be unfruitful. For he who, verse 9, for he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, 
having forgotten his purification from his former sins. In other words, we can say that we're a Christian all day long. We can say that we're a Christian all day long. But if we don't have the fruit and the increase of the fruit and these characters and we're walking in them and it's increasing in our life and we're growing in our ability to see the power of God and his divine nature manifest, we're lying. That's the truth of it. Because either his word is true or not. And it's true. So we can say we're Christian. We can even go to church, do a lot of the good stuff. But if these qualities, diligence, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. If these qualities are not growing in us, we don't have them. We're not walking in them. We can claim it all day long. And we may be going to heaven, but we, the word, the word says we're useless and unfruitful. Oh man, I don't want to be useless and unfruitful. I need to focus on these things. And it says that if I don't do them, I'm blind. And it says I've forgotten basically the price that Jesus paid for me. I don't want to be that guy. Therefore, brethren, verse 10, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Now look at that. God gives us a promise that we can never stumble if we will practice these things. That's a promise from God. How would you like to never fall again? then you need to go back through verse 1 through 10 and read it and make it yours. Verse 11, For in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. The entrance, that's not just talking about heaven, the eternal kingdom, we're in eternity right now. It's not just talking about when you get to the sweet by and by. He's saying the things of God's rule and his reign, the things of his, the king's domain, they will be abundantly supplied to you right now. Right now, you all those things pertaining to life and godliness that he's granted, they, they will not just be a supplied, but it'll be like take a bucket and pour it out on you. That, he's saying it'll be abundantly supplied yeah. if we'll do these things. And we'll remember, man, Jesus gave his all for me. I need to be giving my all to him. It's not about work. It's not about all the dreams that the world taught you to do. It's about the dream of the heart of God. Father, what is in your heart? Let me tell you what's in God's heart. What's in his heart right now in this age is souls. That's what's in his heart. That's what's in his heart. And we go about winning souls by putting on these characteristics. So God's part is done. He has done. He has given everything pertaining to life and godliness to get us to be partakers of his divine nature. But now we need to remember who we are and put on the character of God. So let's pray. 
Father, right now, we just, we, Lord, thank you for opening up our eyes today. Thank you, Father, for opening up our eyes and showing us, showing us who you are and what you've done for us. Showing us, Lord, how your part is already complete. Showing us right now, Lord, what you've done for us. Lord, and let us not forget the price of the blood of God, the price of the blood of Jesus. Let us not forget, but Lord, let that, that blood remind us, the sacrifice remind us that we have the nature of God in us and to live like it, and to live like it. We have the nature of God in us. And Lord, now you've empowered us to live it out. By faith, we can believe on you for diligence, for excellence, moral excellence, Lord. We can believe on you for all of these things and to walk out godliness and to walk out love, brotherly kindness, to walk out these things. Father, we receive that as a call from heaven directly for our lives today. In Jesus' name, so be these things. Lord, we, we received the challenge from heaven on the words of Peter to walk out and live out these things. We receive it. We don't, we don't act like it's something that's not worthwhile. Your words, they are worthwhile. And we honor them, we esteem them right now today. And Lord, we will be changed from this moment forward to be a partaker of your divine nature, not just set it to the side. And we will take action and we will be useful and bear fruit in Jesus' name. Not only that, Lord, but we will be influential in other people doing the exact same thing. We will be influential with other people doing the exact same thing. Thank you, Father. Yeah, glory to God, Father. We will live as you've called us to live, and we will serve as you've called us to serve. Father, we will, we will rise above the corruption of this world and the lust, the cares and the worries of this world and all the things that the world has taught us to go after. And we will go after the heart of God. We will go after souls. We will go after living like Christ. We will go after your character and your nature. We will go after growing in our faith. We will go, af go after grace and peace being multiplied. We will go after flipping the switch of your power in our lives and not making excuses for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the fruit of the Spirit that will be operational in us. We praise you and we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you're watching today, I hope that that blessed you as we get ready to go. If you'd like to give with us, there's a link there that you can give. If you're here, you'd like to give, you can put it in the basket. No matter if you're watching or you're here, we just receive that on behalf of Jesus Christ right now for his kingdom to be advanced. Let your seed given in the heart of love be pressed down, shaken together, running over. May it be now multiplied exponentially back into your life. I, we just pronounced it in the name of Jesus, just like Jesus blessed the bread and the fish and they multiplied. Let this bread that you're given be blessed. We call it blessed 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for being with us. Have a great day. Thank you guys for being here. It's good to see you. And glory to God. What a day, huh? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bye-bye.